Welcome to Fragmented, a software developer podcast where we talk about building good software and becoming better developers. My name's Don Felker. And I'm Kaushik Gopal. Welcome to the show. Before we get started here today, I wanted to tell you about the relaunch of AndroidJobs.io. Android Jobs is a job board that I launched many years ago, and I just recently relaunched it with a brand new design and on a brand new platform. If you're looking to hire an additional Android team member, or you know of somebody that wants to hire an Android professional of any sort, that includes developers, designers, anything of that nature, then please let them know about androidjobs.io. All job postings are free at this time during the early release phase. Eventually they'll be paid, but right now they're all free at the time of this recording. So please go to androidjobs.io and you can post a job for free. Or if you're looking to see what other jobs are available, you can also go there and plug your email address in and we'll start emailing you here very soon, letting you know weekly about the new jobs that are available on androidjobs.io. Again, check it out at androidjobs.io. On today's show, what we're going to do is talk about the differences between working at a big tech fang company, which I'll talk about that acronym in a second, as well as what it's like to work as a freelancer or consultant. So what are the two big differences? So let's hop right into it. So what really is a big tech company? When I talk about big tech, I use the word fang and that's F-A-A-N-G, which stands for Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google. However, that's also more of an encompassing term for big tech meaning that that also includes things like Twitter and Microsoft and LinkedIn and many of the other big tech companies that you're going to see out there in the market as well. So that's what we're talking about. What is it going to be like working as a full-time employee at one of these companies versus working as a freelancer? Now, my background is in freelancing and in consulting. I've been doing that for close to 20 years now, full-time. So I don't have any exact experience working at a big tech company. So you're probably wondering, who is this guy to give advice on big tech if he's never worked there? Well, the advice that I'm going to give today, and not even advice, is just kind of the anecdotes of what I've learned over the years, is from many close friends that have worked at companies such as Facebook, Google, Apple, Instagram, Snapchat, bunch of huge tech companies. And I still have friends that work at these companies. And they've shared a lot of things with me over the years about how things work internally at these big companies. So that's where a lot of this stuff's going to come from here. How we're going to structure this video today is going to be basically two parts. We're going to have the, we're going to talk about full-time employment at a big tech company. And we're going to talk about the pros and the cons of that. And then we're going to hop over and we're going to talk about freelancing. And I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of that. And then we're going to wrap up at the end with my thought for you on which one you should possibly use. So let's go ahead and instantly right now hop into the first one, which is going to be full-time employment at a big tech company. Okay, so maybe you've just graduated college or perhaps you've been studying for three or four months through some type of interview tech program and you're ready to go work at a big tech company or so you think and you're not really sure if this is the route that you want to go down. So let's talk about some of the pros of working at a big tech company. The first and foremost is it's basically a regular job and that's going to be way less risky than freelancing or running your own business in general simply because you're going to be able to show up, work from nine to five and you're going to collect a paycheck on a regular schedule. That is a humongous benefit. And to be honest, it's something that I even think about often. 
because it eliminates a lot of the stress that I have around perhaps collecting on clients and so forth, which we'll get to in a moment for the freelancer stuff. But that's gonna be the number one biggest thing that you're gonna get when you work at a big tech company. It's a solid job. Most likely these companies aren't going anywhere. They're usually on some type of stock index somewhere. They have their own stock, their own ticker. They're gonna be around for a while. They're not gonna go by fly by night like some startup or they might run out of runway, which is cash in the bank tomorrow. They're gonna be around for many years and most likely they have very deep pockets which also leads me to it has a wide array of opportunities. So that's number two. You have much more opportunity to kind of go different directions at a company. So if you really want to climb the corporate ladder, perhaps you want to start as a developer, move into senior developer to team lead, then maybe even to management, working at a big tech company is going to give you that option because as over time, you can start moving in that direction pretty easily because all those options are available. The bigger the company, the more positions are available because smaller managerial units exist so the company can operate effectively. And as you're staying there and moving up, you can kind of decide where you want to go. Would you like to stay in the technical track? Do you want to go into more managerial track? Perhaps you want to make even a sideways move and go over into sales or you want to go into R&D and engineering or something. There's a bunch of different things you can do in big tech. So you kind of have a bunch of options while also still keeping your kind of firm foundational base of having full-time employment, yet not really getting too risky by having a few options out there. Another benefit of working at a full-time big tech company is your benefits are fantastic usually. Your health, dental, life, disability, any of your insurances that you have are usually gonna be pretty good insurance. And a lot of times it's almost covered 100%. Again, this really depends on the company that you're working for, but you really find some really good insurance which also kind of leads into the additional part of the benefit package of you're most likely going to get some level of stock options. This can be quite a huge amount of money compared to what you're used to getting. I've seen anywhere from a few hundred thousand dollars to a couple million dollars in stock options that are offered to full-time employees at a big tech company. The thing though is you just have to be aware of how these stocks vest, which usually means over a period of time, you're gonna get access to those stocks until they're actually yours. Typically that's gonna be between two to five years. I think the average is anywhere between three to four of where you like will fully vest. So that does take time. However, it can offer you a significant amount of additional income if you decide to go with a big tech company because those benefits are so big and enormous. Another thing is, if you really don't wanna be pushed really that hard, perhaps you really love your family environment, you are participating in your church, you have some extracurricular activities, you're coaching teams, and you really just wanna enjoy your eight hours at work and then go live your life, working at a big tech company is gonna provide you with some of that freedom. Now, of course, you're gonna have your long hours at any company such as a big tech company, but, by actually working at a big tech company, you can actually have the opportunity to perhaps step away and do something outside of work that isn't directly related to tech. So as some people would say, if you just kind of want to skate by for a little while, you can kind of do that at a big tech company. I don't recommend that you do it. However, it is something that a lot of people will do because it's a full-time job. And as the seasons ebb and flow, some people become more productive than less productive and things kind of go, go with the flow. And it's easier to do that when you're a full-time employee at a big tech company. 
And lastly, one of the big things you're really gonna get a benefit from is that you're gonna work on large scale problems that you probably will have never experienced anywhere else in your career. Big tech companies have a level of scale that is just astronomical. Most companies will never even come close to the level of scale in which Facebook and Google and all of these big tech companies have simply because of the amount of traffic that they have. They're gonna find weird edge cases on wall with types of weird platforms and so forth and you're gonna to have to solve all of these problems that you would have never had to solve before. So it is actually an opportunity to kind of learn very deep specialized knowledge in one particular area. So that can be seen as a benefit as well. So that kind of wraps it up for the pros of working at a big tech company. And I'm sure there's more, but that's kind of the high level that I wanted to talk about. So now let's talk about the cons of working for a big tech company. Number one, corporate politics. That's gonna be your biggest problem in my opinion of working at a big tech company. Now, a lot of big tech companies are gonna say, well, we actually are kind of like a startup, you see, because we have a startup-like culture, but when it comes down to it, it's all internal corporate politics at a base level. There's gonna be a lot of backstabbing going on. There's gonna be a lot of people trying to climb to the top at whatever cost necessary. There's gonna be a lot of trash talking. It is what it is. Nothing's gonna be perfect. I have yet to see a perfect company, yet these things exist much more in a big tech company simply because of all the corporate politics and everything that happens inside of a big tech company. All right, the next one is also a really big one. And this is actually the reason why I don't really work at big tech companies is that they essentially own you and almost everything that you create. Certain big tech companies will lock you into a contract stating that anything that you create outside of your full-time employment, the company has rights to as well. Now, I know some companies have relaxed their terms on this, but it's still very common especially if the technology is very similar to what you're working on at your full-time job. So what that means is you can't go create side projects. You can't maybe have uh, outside clients. Some of these companies do allow you to do this. I understand that. But for the most part, you're gonna have to get some level of approval from some level VP to go out and work on any side projects, to show up on podcasts, perhaps even to write blog posts. And you especially have to be very careful of what you're doing on any types of social media. But the big ones really are, any of your side projects. If you wanna start a side hustle or a side business, you might not be able to do that when you're working at a big tech company simply because the company might own rights to anything that you work at and work on outside of your work hours because of the work agreement that you signed with them. So you have to check your work agreement, but a lot of these companies do own a lot of the things that you do. Again, I know there's stipulations and I know there's things have changed, but that does exist and it's something that you do need to be aware of. Another con is it, Every move you have is gonna be scrutinized. As, as I mentioned, anything about social media, anytime you post anything on social media, it can be seen as something negative against the company. If you disagree with the direction that a company is moving in either a political front or even on a front that you don't agree with on some other type of uh, public stance, that is something that you can't control. And so that can be a real opposition to maybe your core beliefs and values. If you wanna actually decide to stay with that company, are you implicitly accepting what they're doing and accepting it and moving it forward? Or are you going to fight back? And if you fight back with it, that could end your, your employment with the company, which could be a bad thing. So it's something that you do have to think about. Mainly though, is that every move that you have is going to be scrutinized. Could be positive or it could be negative. Again, that's something you have to weigh each time you do something. Could be a blog post, social media post, anything. Now earlier, I referenced in the pros section that you get to work on very challenging problems, such as really weird edge cases because of the scale of these companies. That's a very valid point. 
However, there's also the situation, and this is most of the time, the situation is you're going to be working on something that you have absolutely no interest on. You're going to be put on a team and your focus is going to be on this component or this part of the screen. Don, you're going to be working on the about screen and you're going to show all of the version numbers for all the open source libraries we have. And we want those to animate in. Sounds super boring to me, but there's someone who has to do that. And there's someone who has to fix certain screens on a certain level uh, device that's only available in a third world country. And it's due to this one thing that has to get fixed. Now I'm not saying it shouldn't be fixed, but I'm saying is that you may not be interested in the work that you're doing. So you really don't get to choose what you wanna work on. Sure, you might be able to transfer into a department to work on something else. But again, you're kind of just a worker bee in the entire system. And so you're gonna be assigned to do something whether you like it or not, which can be a real bummer. Now that kind of leads us to the next topic of bosses. What if you don't like your boss or do you do like your boss? Well, you're kind of stuck just like any full-time job is. You're gonna be stuck working for that boss regardless if you like them or not until you can transfer. So again, kind of a bummer. Next is limited holiday time. Now, if a company tells you that they have unlimited holiday time, that's an absolute lie. That does not exist. Just try to tell them that you're gonna take the next three months off because why? Because you want to. Good luck with that. That's not gonna happen. So one of the things you need to realize is that that's completely out of the picture. And it's often better to have a company that sets a certain number of vacation days you get per year. That could be two weeks or four weeks or whatever you negotiate. But again, your holiday time is limited. If you decide for whatever reason you have, say you have $2 million in the bank and you want to go take off two or three months and you don't have that vacation time, if you can't get that approved somehow, you have to go to work. So essentially you're still working for the man, as they say, and you still have to show up and do the work, which can buy, kind of be a tremendous downfall, especially if you've been saving properly and you want to do something different from your life uh, than working full time. Again, we'll get to the freelancing thing, which may be more interesting to you if that's your case, but that's uh, something that needs to be seen as a, a possible con that you don't have full control of your holiday time. And lastly, this is one that's really important to me. This is commuting. Commuting is a humongous negative for working for big tech companies. I've been offered jobs from almost all of the big tech companies at one point in time in my career. And all of them wanted me to either move to San Francisco, Los Angeles, London, New York, Singapore, or various other different countries throughout the world. And they wanted me to work on site. Now, a lot of this has changed with the post pandemic. However, I'm already starting to see some companies requiring their employees to come back on site. I'm not saying there's no benefit to working on site with your peers. There is a lot of benefit to that. However, I've been working remotely for over 15 years now. And if you use the right communication protocol, which everything is going to be autonomous at that point in time, and you build your communication mechanism around that, the entire team can be very effective anywhere in the world. And there's many companies that have done this with success. However, a lot of big tech companies will require that you work on site. Now, that means I have to commute. For me, I'm in New Jersey right now. That's an hour and a half into New York City for me. If I were to take that every day, that's over three hours a day that I would be commuting. It's probably closer to four if I have to continue consider the walking, any of the additional traffic, driving to bus stops, whatever. There's a ton that goes into that. And honestly, in my opinion, time is the only resource that you can't get back. So why would I spend three to four hours a day driving and commuting? It's nothing that I would really ever want to do. And in fact, that's the biggest con probably for me is just, I just don't want to commute. I just feel like I'm wasting my life sitting in the car, in a train, on a bus or whatever. So 
I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, but that's gonna be the biggest one. But I wanted to save it for last because to me it feels the most impactful because if I can get three to four hours back in my day, I can do whatever I want. I can sit over here and I can learn piano. I can go hang out with my kids. I can read a book. I could do whatever I want. Go to the gym for an extra hour. There's a wide array of things that I could do with that time. So that wraps up the cons for working as a full-time employee. Okay, let's talk about working as a freelancer. So what are some of the pros of working for a freelancer? Before we hop into the cons, let's talk about the pros. Number one, freedom. By far, you are the master of your own destiny. You get to control everything that you do going forward. You wanna take off some extra time? Okay, that's cool. You wanna work for one client and not the other? Okay, that's cool. You wanna bill twice as much as you did before? Okay. That's cool. If you can get someone to pay those rates, that's great. That goes into even the holiday schedule that we talked about before that was a con with the full-time employment. It's actually a positive with freelancing, meaning that you can take as much time as you want off as of course, as long as you can afford it. You really don't have a boss that you report to. Yes, you do have clients, but you can essentially build that into your pipeline to say, Hey, this is a three month contract. And at the end of this three months, I'm not gonna renew because I'm taking a two month sabbatical to Thailand. So those are all valid things that can happen and you are the master of your own destiny when you're a freelancer. I briefly touched on this just a second ago, but you can bill whatever you want. You can control your income as much as you want. Again, up to an hourly rate. There's always a ceiling unless you continually charge more, but eventually you're gonna price yourself out of everybody. So you're gonna find some type of natural ceiling for your skill set, but what that allows you to do is actually raise your rates to high enough where you can actually lower the number of hours that you're going to be working, which can be a humongous benefit long-term for either your mental health and anything else you have going on in your life because you can control your hours. Next, you get to choose who you really wanna work for. If you have a client who's disrespecting you, you can fire the client. You don't have to worry about staying on with a client. If you're doing your job and getting your personal branding straight and getting out in front of people and marketing yourself, blog posts and videos and everything, you're gonna have no problem finding any additional clients whatsoever. So it's gonna be real easy for you to find another client. So if someone's treating you poorly, you don't have to work there. Furthermore, if you have multiple clients coming at you that want to work with you, you can pick and choose the project that looks the most interesting to you. And I've done this on numerous occasions and it's the best feeling in the world because on this project, I might be able to go out and help people and also make a good living. That's gonna be something that I really wanna do versus something else that maybe pays well, but it's something that's really boring. Being able to have those decisions of what I wanna work on and when is fantastic. Right now I might work on an Android project and next month I might work on a React JS and Node application. And the month after that, I might work on Kubernetes and Docker and AWS, who knows? But the options are really endless as long as I have the skill set to work within that given realm. Furthermore, you have big tax benefits as well when you work as your own business. There's certain things you can write off, uh, perhaps your hardware. If you have an office, you can write off parts of that. There's a lot of the tax code that's written for businesses, so it can work in your benefit. You just have to talk to an accountant to figure out how to properly structure your own freelancing business, either an S-Corp or an LLC, so that you can maximize your tax benefits at the end of the year, so you don't really get raked over the coals and paying a ton of tremendous tax at the end of the year. One of the cons of working at a full-time company is you can't have any side projects or any side hustles going on. With freelancing, you can build a side business or a couple of them if you want. You can have multiple clients going at once. You could have multiple clients, perhaps if you work in the fitness space, you could have multiple fitness clients. Now, as long as you're not sharing any of the proprietary information across them and there's no non-competes between the contracts, 
you're fine. If you have maybe clients in real estate and clients in healthcare, you can work on both of those. Your options really open up is what you can do. And you can build your own business and no one's going to say, hey, we own that because you were working under our umbrella during that time. That's all stipulated in your contract that none of that applies. And very similarly, no one can tell you what you can or can't work on. Do you want to record a podcast? Great. Do you want to do a blog? Cool. You want to do some videos? Awesome. The options are up to you to what you want to go out there and do. Ultimately, all of the pros here point to endless freedom for you. It's going to open up a wide array for you to do whatever you want and give you pure autonomy in how you operate your life, which to me is priceless. Okay, let's be serious now. There's some freelancing cons here. I'm not going to lie. Freelancing is stressful. You live in what's known as a feast or famine life cycle. There's going to be times when you have a lot of clients. There's more work than you know what to do with. And then six months later, there's nothing. It's a famine. It's a desert. You have nothing. And your full-time job is then finding a client. Sometimes you have to drop your rates just so you can get some more money coming in the door. Hopefully you've been billing high enough. And if you haven't, you can kind of be in a bind. If you're not sure of what you should be billing, and that's a confusing topic for you, check out this card right here, and it'll show you everything you need to know about billing the right amount. But assuming you're billing the right amount, you should have enough saved up so you can kind of weather these feast and famine cycles. However, that doesn't take away from the stress that's there. Furthermore, being your own freelancer and being self-employed is much more work than a full-time employee. You are going to be working your eight hours for your client. You also have administrative work to do. You still need to write your blog posts. You still need to be getting out there and marketing yourself so you can find your next client. You need to be doing sales for your next client. So you have more than eight hour days going on. Very often I see freelancers and consultants work anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week. This is until they start building high enough where they can drop their hours back to maybe 25, 35 hours a week and use those extra hours that normally would take up the 40 hours to start building and working on the additional things that I just mentioned. So again, this really depends on how you're managing your time, your clients and your income. So it's something you have to be very careful of but it is definitely more work than a full-time job. And it's something that you're always thinking about. Well, that light turned off in the background. Next, your paycheck is not guaranteed. This one is a really hard pill to swallow. When you're used to getting paid every other week, twice a month, whatever your schedule is, and then you start freelancing, your paychecks are never regular. You might get paid on time from a client one month, and then the next month they just, oops, forgot to pay you. And then you're waiting six to eight weeks before you've been paid. This can be insanely stressful. Very often I find that I have to collect on about 85 to 90% of my clients. And what that means is as soon as the payment date is due, it's 30 days after I've sent my payment, that's a net 30 payment, I still haven't received payment. I then have to get on the phone or an email, ask them, hey, where's the payment? And it's usually, oh, oops, we forgot, sorry. Yeah, it's going out today. And then that goes out through the US mail which unfortunately things get lost in the mail and that has happened to me as well. So you do have to collect on your clients, which can be very stressful. This then leads into the legality portion of it. You have to manage your legal components correctly. That's also an additional stress. You have to have your contract set up and written by a good lawyer. You need to have good accountants. And the contract is really key here because getting back to getting paid from a client, if they don't pay you and you have a contract with them that they're supposed to pay you, now you can get your lawyer involved to have them legally contact the company and start talking about a lawsuit if they don't pay you because it's stipulated in the contract. And most likely you're going to win that lawsuit if your contract is solid. 
Now, this is something I actually have experience with. I've had to do this. Clients did not pay me. I had to get my lawyer involved and almost got into a legal battle and eventually I got paid. Unfortunately, it was three or four months after the due date. So I had to front all the money myself to pay my subcontractors that I had hired under me. So they were paid and I kind of had to skim by to get through those few months until I was able to get paid again. So again, this goes back to the stress. It's much more stressful than a regular full-time job. Next, we have insurance. There's no guaranteed insurance for you. You're not gonna get health insurance, dental insurance, or anything like that. You have to buy your own insurance. It's gonna be expensive, and it's gonna be time-consuming to find, and it's just kind of how it goes. Again, you're not gonna get anything like 401k, any retirement plans, stock options. This is why it's crucial for you to be building the correct amount. If you can build the right amount, you can save for all these things and make just as much, if not more, than you would have when you're working a full-time employee. However, it's just gonna take more work and you have to be more disciplined and organized about it. Otherwise, you could end up upside down, which is definitely not what you want. Next, you gotta pay your own taxes. This is a big one. You are gonna get a check that's very large from clients, you know, five-figure checks very often, and you have to make sure that to realize that all that money's not yours. You have to take a certain percentage of that. Basically, about 30 to 40% of that is the government's. And that's a very hard thing to do at first. Let's just use a round number. You get $10,000 check. It's a lot of money. You get to put it in your bank account and you see that number in your bank account like, wow, I got a lot of money. And then you have to think, well, now the government gets 30 to 40% of that. And I just have to save that to the side. I just have to give it away. It's something very hard and difficult for a lot of people to grasp, but it's something that you have to do. Otherwise you'll get in hot water with the IRS and you'll end up on a payment plan or they'll come after you for back taxes, which is never a good thing. So you wanna make sure that you're paying your taxes, have a good accountant to make sure that you're paying your quarterlies on time and to make sure that you're filing your state and federal taxes accordingly. Keeping your skills sharp is one of the other things you have to also do that's a con inside of freelancing. Now you have to do this anyway when you're a full-time employee, but when you're a full-time employee, a lot of times there's on-the-job training. And as a freelancer, you don't get that. You have to do that on your own free time. There's simply no time for you to do it on the job. Yes, you're gonna learn certain things on the job, but if a brand new technology comes out, you're probably not gonna get paid to implement it if you don't even know it. So you're probably gonna have to go learn it on your own. So that's gonna be all on your own dime, which can be pretty expensive and very time-consuming. And lastly, there's no defined career path for a freelancer. I started freelancing and consulting 15, 20 years ago. In fact, if we were really to count my original time when I started freelancing and consulting was in the late 90s. So that was part-time. So upwards of 20 plus years of freelancing and consulting, and there's no career path. Where do you go? You're your own boss. You're already at the top. So what do you do? Do you wanna open an agency? You could. Do you wanna build a product and sell a product as software? You could do that, that then that's not freelancing anymore. Do you wanna be a manager, but what are you a manager of? So there's real no defined career path. You have to really understand what you're going for in your life. If you wanna become a manager somewhere, well then maybe freelancing isn't for you. But if your mainly your goal is to create income and generate assets from that income, perhaps you wanna buy real estate, perhaps you wanna get into some other types of assets and you're gonna use freelancing as an income source to do that, well then you could very well do that and perhaps you put a timetable of 10 years on that and say in 10 years, I wanna have this number of assets so I can just basically stop freelancing. The freelancing will be a great opportunity for you to do that. But if you're looking to move up and be a freelancer for 15 or 20 years and then walk in and be a VP or a CTO of a company, that's very unlikely to happen unless you happen to fall into a weird situation 
where a client needs a CTO or a VP and they offer the job to you, which does happen. It has happened to me, but I would never bet on those situations occurring. So there is no defined career path for freelancing and consulting. So it's something you have to keep in mind. And maybe this ends up only being something temporary for you so you can see what type of projects and what types of industries you want to get into. It's very often the case that a lot of people will do freelancing and consulting for five years and then go full time at a company somewhere else after they've determined what they like and don't like. Okay, so we talked about a lot. There's the pros, there's the cons of both full-time employment as well as freelancing. So what do I recommend that you do? Here's the thing, I'm not gonna tell you what to do. This is an individual decision that needs to be made on for you. You need to decide what's best for you. Everybody is different. I have mentored multiple people into freelancing and helped them succeed in freelancing and they have enjoyed it. I've also mentored many people into freelancing who did not enjoy it and went back to full-time employment. They liked the consistency of the eight to five job and getting off and coming home and not thinking about work anymore. Everybody's wired differently. So I recommend you really think about what you want out of life. Do you want the easy job where you hang out nine to five, but you're kind of out of control and everything else? Yet maybe you get some stock options. Or do you want more freedom and autonomy in your life, but with comes with a lot more work and a lot more stress? and perhaps makes you a lot more short-term, but doesn't give you a career path. There's benefits to both. You just have to know what you want in life. Now, if you're young enough, there's nothing wrong with trying both. And you can do that. I've definitely done that. For me, I've really enjoyed freelancing and consulting. It fits my life. It's what I enjoy. I recommend that you sit down and write down your own pros and cons list to figure out what you want going forward, and then determine if you want to go work for somewhere in big tech, or if you want to hop into freelancing and consulting. I hope this information helps and I'll catch you all next time. Hey folks, before you get going, don't forget to check out androidjobs.io. All job postings are now currently free during the early release phase. And if you're looking to see what other jobs are available, you'd be surprised at some of the jobs that are out there. Almost all of them are remote friendly, tons of great companies posting there. You can sign up and get notified of new job postings on a weekly basis. Check it out at androidjobs.io. Thanks. That's it for the show, folks. Fragmented is hosted by Don Felker and me, Kaushik Gopal. We edit and produce all the episodes here on Fragmented. You can find more Fragmented episodes at fragmentedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode.